When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your kids, and your partner. We'll give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you. I'm Terilyn Griffin. I'm Caitlin Gabriel. And I'm Felicia Allen. Let's find the magic together. Hello, everybody. This is Felicia, and I'm going to start us off with a high five. And that is two little water slides <laughs> um, at our city pool where we go for a little cousin swim day every week. They have these water slides, and it's very nice because sometimes water slides have really sketchy ladders to go up for the kids to go down the slide and they give me anxiety and I've seen lots of kids fall off of them and get hurt. But the water slides at our pool have a way to climb up that is actually really hard and slow. <laughs> it's, yeah. like, it's like a weird jungle gym situation, but they can't an adult, or get hurt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're an adult, it is like so hard. Cause I've gone up with Will, <laughs> my 18 month old a few times. And I'm like, you have yeah. to like <laughs> yourself in these weird, anyway, it's hard, but safe really hard. Yeah. <laughs> but my so sunny my five-year-old is obsessed with the slides and they changed the rule this year that you can wear uh like floaties or life jackets on the slides and so just next level great as a parent to not really have to worry about them and he'll just go I mean yesterday we went on our swim day and he probably went on the slide just around in a circle 60 times just <laughs> yeah and yes. so just the simple joys made me very happy so it is so cute watching them and it's really a double high five the whole floaty situation because yes one they're safer two you don't have to do the climbing yourself with them yeah. every time you can just observe the joy and witness it instead. it turns to not joy when i have to climb up that jungle gym thing and yes. it's hard. Yes. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard. i transformed to yeah, I've bumped my head multiple times on that thing because it's just like so low too because it's designed for children. So yes. it makes sense that it's hard for me to get through it. But yeah, it's hard. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Sonny kept trying to talk Emmett every time he'd come because Emmett would just sit at the bottom. He loved watching it. He was finding a lot of joy and just like being a part of it. But it was funny because Sonny kept being like, Emmett, you are going to love it. It's so fun. It's not even that fast. You can just hold it. Anyway, so like and every time he would come down, he'd like give Emmett the pep talk. Like, you can do it. <laughs> So I'm sure at some point Emmett will, but he was enjoying just watching it, which was also actually really cute just to see that how much joy he derived just from watching him yeah. go down. Yes. Anyway, I so love that. Cute. Oh, I know. Summertime pooling. So fun. Um, okay. So mine is also a high five. So my birthday was just this last week and I turned 30, you guys. Yeah. Woo! I made it to the next decade, which is exciting. 
Um, but it was really fun. So Cam surprised me with like a fun birthday. It was like a little weekend getaway, which was so fun and so amazing just to have like a couple days where we were, it was just me and Cam and it was so great to like eat meals without children. And we just did whatever we wanted, whenever we wanted. We went to the pool when we wanted, we played pickleball when we wanted, we biked when we wanted. It was just so, it was perfect. The weather was incredible, which was always nice. And then the food we had was amazing, but so high five to the whole birthday thing. But I do also want to give even like a a high five on top of a high five because Cameron, Cameron did such a good job of like making all my gifts. They were like very experiential, which is my favorite kind of gift. Mm -hmm. And, um, so like kind of on, so the whole weekend was fabulous, but then on my birthday, which was Saturday, um, he like gave me a few gifts, which were all wonderful. And like the whole day, we just did wonderful things that I want anything I wanted to do. We pretty much did. And then that night it was so fun. Cause he had actually given me AirPod pros, which I already had AirPods, but, um, he gave me AirPod pros, which is nice because they're so cushy. Anybody who has an AirPod pro, they're so nice mm. anyway. So he gave me those, but then it was funny. Cause he was like, Hey, let's like try them out. And I was kind of like, well, I know what they feel like. Cause I felt yours before, but I was like, okay. Like I'll humor you. Let's try it. So he's like, yeah, let's try it out. So we like went out on the deck, which I love. That's the other thing. I love eating outside so much. So it was nice. We ate outside a lot, but we did go out outside on the deck. It was nighttime. Cause like we had already had this fabulous day. And then, um, we like put in the AirPods and then he was like, yeah, let's play a couple songs just to hear what it sounds like. I'm like, all right, cool. So like I picked a song and he's like, okay, I'll pick the next song. And then he, something so fun that he had done. Cause Cameron, he sings incredibly. So he plays the guitar and he plays the piano and he sings really well. He's just, anyway. He's multifaceted. He is. So anyway, <laughs> it was great because he plays this song. And as soon as it started playing, it like, it like, I could tell something was different about it. Like I was like, wait a minute. And then the person started singing and it was Cam. And he had like Aww. sang all of my favorite songs and some songs that I didn't know. So they were like <laughs> specifically like, it was the first time of me hearing the song and it felt like it was. And I feel like those are my songs when it's like Aww. the first time of me hearing it from Cam. So it was so great because he, he did probably, and he like, he had a friend who has a studio. So he like recorded them. Like they sounded amazing. Anyway, it was so good. Like, you know how, when you cry out of happiness, it doesn't have, like, I'm not a crier out of happiness often. Like I can probably, well, maybe not one hand, but I can probably count when that's happened to me. One of them was like when I've had my babies, like it's like a cry, happy cry. But yeah, like I was, it was such a good gift that I cried. Like I like cried listening to the songs. I like love them so much. So anyway, it was just truly like one of those delightful, it was such a delightful birthday. And that was like such a priceless gift. Like you could not put a price on it and it was so good. So anyway, high five to that and high five to Cameron for thinking of something because he did take time out, but I didn't know what he was doing. I actually thought he was like making some sort of I don't know, like woodworking project, but it was just, it was so unexpected. Like I totally didn't think it was good. Like I did not imagine that. And then, um, it was just so good. And now I get to like keep them and I listen to them and my kids love, like my kids love it. Cause like, this is dad. So I just like listen to him all the time, all day. Anyway, it's great. I love it. I like that. Well, first of all, that's like phenomenal, but I'm like surprised that you would think Cam would do a woodworking project. Well, or- <laughs> <laughs> Because I didn't know because he like he did say he was like, hey, like months leading up to my birthday. So it wasn't just like like beforehand. He's like, hey, 
I'm going to need to take it like a little bit of time to do some birthday prep, but like, I'm going to bring Emmett to my mom's. It'll be while we're sleeping. So you can just have some time, which was also a gift in itself. He like, you know, would take Emmett, but he was gone for like a few hours at a time, a few multiple times. So I knew he was doing some sort of like project where he was making something. So I was like, and of course my mind, I like want it to be a surprise, but of course your mind is like, well, what could it be? (laughs) Then I was like, could he be like, what would take that long? You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, he's gotta be like doing some sort of something where he's like making something. So it was just so cool because I, that's kind of more what I was thinking. I had no idea that that's where he's going, but it made me so happy because anyway, that I will just say that when our, on our very first date, so he was my very first date ever. Like when I was in high school, we met in high school and he made it incredible. It was like one of seriously, like one of my fondest memories of my life. I'm like not exaggerating here. It really was, but he sang a song to me on that night. Like he sang a song and played the guitar. So it was fun because, and that song it's lucky by Colby Clay and Jason Mraz. And it was cool. Cause one of the songs that he recorded for me was that song. And like, so it's just fun. Cause it was like, so nostalgic for me too, because like to hear, cause I hear that song and I do like that song when they sing it, but to hear Cam sing it again. And like, that I can listen to it anytime I want. It was just, mm-hmm. anyway, I like, I love it so much. It's a big high five for me. And it's like mm-hmm. the high five that keeps going. Cause I can just continue listening to it. Yeah. I love it. I get all the feels. So. Anyway. And he sang to you. I was there when he proposed to you and he also sang then. Did he record that song too? Yes. Well, it was funny because so that is. Tenerife, Tenerife song. Tenerife C. Tenerife. I say that. Yeah, Tenerife C by Ed Sheeran for anybody listening. If you want to go listen to it, it's a very good one. But um, no, he didn't record that one. But I told him, I was like, hey, I was like, you need to record. Because the first time I had ever heard that song was when he proposed to me. And I love it. So um, he was like, I know I was going to. But I think he just honestly ran out of time because he did 10 songs. And it, I mean, it did take him a lot of hours to, <laughs> to like record it and make it perfect and all the stuff. But um, he said he's probably going to the next time that he records because yeah. he's going to do it again. But I know. So I have like a few different songs that are really meaningful from like the past that he sang to me. So to have them recorded with him singing it is amazing. And then, and then, like I said, he did a few, he wrote me like a note that like with each song, it like has an explanation of like why he recorded it and what it means to like us and him and why anyway. So yeah, all the feels, it was so good and high five to birthdays and high fives to Cam for making it. He's now been a part of a lot of my birthdays, like, cause that first date was on my birthday and they're always phenomenal Man, he does a great job and they're always very meaningful. So I love that. It was just a perfect gift. Oh, I love it. That's fabulous. Awesome. Well, I am going to make it a triple high five today. Where's our button guys? We need our button. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right? I think, I think our kids reprogrammed it or something. Yeah, they- <laughs> um, anyway, so my high five, it actually isn't even my high five, but it feels like it feels like a vicarious high five enough that I'm going to use it. And that is, uh, we took my parents boating on Monday. So a couple of days ago and my mom loves boating. Like she loves sun. She loves water like more than any of us if possible. I think, I mean, she's like, she could go every day of her life. And we've had this conversation before about swimming. Right. So you guys all know that she's, she's just like obsessed with anything with the water. So, but she in 1999 had a neck surgery. Anyway, she has not done water sports behind a boat since 1999. So water skiing was her last time she was pulled behind a boat since then and has not done anything. She's ridden on the boat all the time with us, but she's never been like pulled 
mm-hmm. besides like on a tube, you know? So anyway, so we are up there and we're surfing, which if you've ever surfed behind a boat, it's really not that high. Compared to water skiing, wakeboarding, it's just a lot less torque getting up. The crashes are a lot nicer because mm-hmm. you don't have anything straight to you. You're also going way slow. So it's just like a lot nicer on your body it than is. all the other uh, being pulled behind a boat sports. And I was like, hey, mom, do you, like, you want to try? I just want to make sure I'm giving everybody the chance who wants to. And she was like, you know, I actually do. And guys, I have now witnessed many people learn how to surf. You know, if this is their first time on the boat, you know, I usually expect it to take anywhere from a few times getting up to maybe a whole season to get up. I don't know, you know. So I had zero expectation. Like I was like, you know, she hasn't been pulled behind a boat for a really long time. She's going to be really cautious. Guys, she popped up on her first try. So And the look of joy on her face. I mean, she was just screaming like, like I'm up. And all of us were just losing our minds. Like, we're all just, like, screaming at the top of our lungs. My daughter's, like, scrambling to get her favorite song up because some Bee Gees up because she wasn't expecting her on her actually getting up, right? So, you know, we listened to her favorite music, and she got up three times. And it was, it was like, I mean, seeing that kind of joy on somebody's face. And for her, it was such a big deal because it's been 24 years. Yeah. She's done anything behind a boat like that. And to, like, see that kind of success, it was honestly like the best vicarious uh feeling it was so great seeing somebody else like feel that much joy that was so meaningful it wasn't just joy like oh that's fun it was joy as in like what this represents to her and it was really 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 cool like I'm still kind of feeling like I'm on a high from it and it oh that's so awesome that's so awesome that's yeah mom told me about it yesterday at the park and she was like you could tell she was still like she was like I what she was so thrilled about it so that's so fun I love that's very cute and if anybody knows our mom she's really uh her energy is very contagious you know and so when she's excited it's really fun Mm -hmm. yes oh that's amazing Okay, so today we're going to address some awesome stuff that you guys have asked us, and you guys give us such good such good topics, so we appreciate you guys. You can send us to them on Instagram, you can leave us a review, and leave the question at the end of that, um, but we really, really, really appreciate you guys bringing up stuff to us. So today, and I love when we do this because we each choose what's resonating with us, and it's kind of fun to see the threads that come up for us. So this first one I chose, and the question is about trauma. So it says, with trauma, uh, a parent, when a parent is emotionally withdrawn, how can we not be, hold on, oh, how can we not be withdrawn, even though it takes so much energy to process it all and parent? So again, this is having to do with trauma. When you're feeling emotionally withdrawn, how can we not be that way, even though it takes so much energy to process it all and parent? So processing it all, we're talking here about, again, trauma. So we're going to talk about big T trauma, little t trauma, and then just also just connection in general and uh, when our when our kids are going through stuff. So the reason why I chose this is because trauma is uh, the word of the year for me this year, and I have learned a lot a lot, a lot, a lot about trauma. So disclaimer, I am not a trauma therapist. However, I'm just, I've witnessed a lot of trauma therapy and I've uh, experienced through people that I love and a little bit myself, some trauma. So the first key, the first, just get this out of the way, 
is anybody listening to this. So first, I just want to clarify a couple things about trauma. Sometimes when we think about trauma, uh, sometimes we know that we have trauma. It might be childhood trauma. And we call this big T trauma where you're like, yeah, I was abused as a kid. So that's big T trauma, right? Uh, or, you know, I experienced, you know, this huge change in my life. Maybe your parents' divorce was a big T trauma for you or whatever. But like you can point to it and say, wow, yeah, that was trauma. Then there's little T trauma, which everybody has. Uh, I am convinced that every human being who has ever lived has little T trauma. And that means it's still trauma, but it could be just the negative belief systems that you have. Maybe it was whatever in your family of origin, something that didn't serve you or you felt a little neglected or your parents were not, um, or they weren't emotionally connected with you or some of your needs weren't being met or you were parentified as a child and made to act as a parent, you know, whatever. So there's lots of different layers of trauma. Then there's repressed trauma, which I have witnessed a lot of. Um, and that is where you don't remember it, but it's there and it's wreaking havoc inside of you, but you don't know about it until you do. And then when you do, then, you know, you have this, you have this big T trauma that just came out. You have to figure out what to do with it. And then the fourth kind of trauma I would like to note, and again, this is not an exhaustive list here. I'm just, just throwing out the ones that I'm familiar with. And then there's adult trauma. So the, all those ones I just mentioned are childhood trauma, which affect us so much. And they uh, oftentimes create our templates for how we deal with relationships as adults. And as I say that, that is not a message of despair. That is, it, there's power in identifying what your templates are. You can, that's, that's, I really think is one of the things we're here to do in this life is to stop patterns and identify those templates. So just because you have a template that's not serving you doesn't mean there's something wrong with you or that you're broken. It means that you're a human and we live in a time where we can rewrite templates. So it's really cool. Uh, the last kind of trauma is adult trauma. And that can be betrayal trauma. That can be, uh, well, there's a bajillion kind of traumas actually you can receive as an adult. And adult trauma would fall into any of those categories. So what I'm saying is trauma is really powerful and it affects all of us. And so this specific parent who's asking this question, I don't know what kind of trauma they are talking about. However, I know enough to know that whatever it is, I'm just, I don't even know if this is a man or a woman. I'm going to say she just for the sake of easiness, but there, but we don't, there's no uh, name here. So I don't know who it is. Um, but she clearly knows about what the trauma is and she knows that it's affecting her ability to connect as she's processing it. So I first just want to say that whatever you're feeling, whoever asked this question, whatever you're feeling, it does take a lot of energy to process it. And so just you being aware that it's taking a lot of energy and you're trying to parent at the same time, yeah, you have every right to feel that. So just first of all, I just want you to like feel that, that yeah, it's a lot. And it's okay to feel that. Um, the second thing I want to say is uh, therapy. So there's a lot of options. Uh, I would recommend the book. Well, there's we'll we'll put a few books to different link uh, links to a couple books in the show notes. But the one, and this isn't particularly about trauma, but it's called How to Do the Work. And it's by Nicole LaPera. I don't know how to say her last name, but she's the holistic psychologist on Instagram. 
And she has a really beautiful book about how templates that we created in childhood affect our relationships now. So I would highly recommend that book. And then there's a couple other ones that I'll put in the show notes. But but, but uh, therapy, 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 therapy. And I would say not just, and I have experienced and witnessed, so I've experienced therapy myself. And I've also witnessed several people that I love, like I've gone to therapy with them as they've dealt with trauma. And so big T trauma, like big T childhood trauma. And I would say for me in witnessing it, I would highly recommend something more than talk therapy. Talk therapy is great, like where you're just talking. However, uh, with trauma specifically, I think it really requires other modalities. So just to name a few, there's EMDR, there's brain spotting, there's hypnotherapy. I mean, honestly, the list is endless, but I would just recommend finding a therapist that has some kind of modality that's actually designed to help clear trauma and process trauma, not just by talking about it. So for example, the therapist that I go to, she has like three different modalities that she does. So we talk about it and then she does the modality to actually help process the trauma. Um, and this message, this is from, uh, one of the therapists that I really like. She said something that to me is really powerful. So this message is to anybody out there who has any kind of trauma in their life. She said, so, and a lot of times trauma can create difficult things in our personality. So different personality disorders. And she said that it used to be that if you were diagnosed with a personality disorder, say for example, like narcissism or, uh, you know, several different kinds. She's like, it used to be like in the psychology world, kind of like a death sentence to relationships. You know what I mean? Like, man, you're just, you're stuck. You, you maybe have, or if you have childhood trauma, that's just kind of like unresolved, it's going to just keep getting high back in your adult relationships. But she was like, now, now that we have all these amazing, effective modalities of processing trauma, she's like, it's not a death sentence for relationships anymore. Like we can just process it. And redo that template. And to me, that's such a helpful, helpful, hopeful thought is I just want everybody to hear this, that you're not broken. And we literally live in a time where we have modalities that can help you process trauma. So that's my first like piece of advice is professional help. I know therapy is expensive, but there's lots of ways you can actually call around therapists. A lot of, a lot of therapy places have um, ways to get it for less or um, at least refer you to somewhere that doesn't, it doesn't cost as much. And if it is at all possible to pay for it, it's worth it. So that's my first tip is professional help. But my second one is, my second tip is, first of all, giving yourself some grace, knowing that processing trauma is, takes a lot of energy. I have um, witnessed it in several people close to me, but one of them, as I've sat with her in therapy, it's come to mind oftentimes, like this is kind of like a birth. Like when you're, when you're like taking a trauma and you're really like pulling it out into the light, just like a person at the end of their pregnancy is kind of tired and needs extra naps and, you know, a little bit extra self-care. Like if, if a pregnant woman at the end of her pregnancy is like, oh man, you know what? I need a little bit more of a rest today. Everybody's like, yeah, totally take that rest. Um, I think, I think processing trauma is the same thing. Just like when you're pregnant, like give yourself a little bit of extra grace, maybe, pencil in a little bit more rest maybe make sure you're sleeping what are you doing to sleep at night do those kinds of things self-care that you can just giving yourself the grace that processing it is a lot um but then the last thing i want to say is being in the present moment i think is the key to parenting while experiencing trauma while processing trauma 
And because the key is if you can be present, then, I mean, trauma is kind of always back there and it's going to keep sneaking in. But being able to center yourself and to me that that looks like taking breaths in the moment. So if you notice yourself slipping in to that trauma response or slipping into that kind of like overwhelmed nervous system overload, but you're trying to deal with a toddler who's crying, that can just put you over the top, right? However, of course, this this parent is asking this because she really cares about her kids. My recommendation would be when you feel that, your options are take a few deep breaths and actually look at your child and see how present you can get. Also, meditation helps a ton with this because if you're meditating every day, that's going to allow you to pull yourself back into the present moment easier. You can also use your body in different ways besides just breathing. Uh, one helpful cue to me is I just can like rub my fingers together and just the feeling of my thumb rubbing against my finger can bring me back into the present moment. Like here I am in this body right now with this child. Um, so that's a really helpful way to get into the present moment when you're dealing with trauma overload in the background. And then the the very last tip I have, and this this actually came to me in working, like I, I do healing work myself with people and it came to me and then, and then it was cool because I actually verified it with my therapist and the other therapist that I've been attending with other people. And both of them were like, yes, this is like a, this is a helpful uh, method. And that is trauma is like a really loud child. It is. It's oftentimes your, you as a child. Um, but, and it, it, it's like really loud and it can be overwhelming and it can be kind of jarring, like in, in opportune times, like popping up in your brain, like, and overwhelming you when you're like, hello, I'm right in the middle of making dinner right now. <laughs> this isn't the time. So this is my last tip. And this has been so helpful for the people that I've worked with and for myself. And that is you create literally like for me, it's inner child work. So it's, you know, if you're, if it, you know, the trauma you're dealing with happened when you were 10, then you picture your 10 year old self. Or if it's just, you name the trauma, like this is say some betrayal trauma that you're dealing with as an adult, like literally name the trauma, like give it a dragon name. We've talked about this before. Like I do that with my kids, like name it. This is my this is my like mangled jack dragon that I named Percival and it represents this painful trauma for me. Right. So whatever, but you're giving it some kind of name and uh, an entity of some kind. And then what you do is you say things like, Hey, you can feel yourself getting triggered or pulled up in the moment. And you can say things to yourself. Like I want to feel this. Like, I'm not numbing. I want to feel this. I want to process it. And I'm going to set aside time to process this or look at you or whatever. And then you actually name a specific time. Like, tomorrow morning, <clears throat> during my miracle morning, I'm going to go in and I'm actually going to feel this feeling. And I'm going to think about it. And I'm going to journal about it. But I can't right now because right now I'm making dinner with my kids, Right. So it's like you're honoring that come up because we can't we can't control when we're emotionally flooded when we're dealing with trauma. So it just happens, right? But there is something beautiful about the acknowledging of, hey, I I see you, I hear you. You're coming up because you want to be processed. And I will, I will, I will fill you. And sometimes it's sometimes it's urgent. And you gotta be like, hey, everybody, I gotta go into my room for a minute and cry. And that's fine. 
too. But there are a lot of times where you can say, okay, you know, I'm willing to fill you pain of any kind. And this is what I'm going to fill you. But right now I'm going to be present with my kids. And for me, just like a toddler, just like a, any other human or any other thing, when you actually give it the attention and say, like, I, I'm not going to ignore you. I'm going to come back to you. A lot of times it subsides a little bit. And that can look like then say the next morning when you're journaling about it. At the end, again, it's this really beautiful, sacred thing. Dealing with trauma is sacred for me. And you can actually say, so again, if this is your childhood self you're talking to or whatever, um, or your betrayal trauma, you can actually like, like you just finished journaling and you can actually say, okay, I am, I am going now. I'm going to be with my children for the next four hours and I'm going to be present with them. So I'm like, I'm letting you know, I will return to you tomorrow or tonight or this afternoon or whatever. But like for the next four hours, I'm going to be present with my kids and I'm going to be being a mom. So if it comes up, just like in a meditation, when thoughts come in, you say, thank you. And you go back to what you're doing, which was the mantra. Same thing here. The feelings come up, you feel that flooded feeling and you just say, thank you. There you are. I know you're still there. I'm going to go back to being present with my children. And I am going to set aside time again tomorrow morning or whatever. And again, I do want to say that there are times you're emotionally flooded enough that you do just need to take a break. And I think it's okay to tell your kids, hey guys, I'm feeling some big feelings. I'm going to just take a little break. I'll be right back. But I do, I am going to feel my feelings and that's okay for them to see you honoring your feelings as well. So, whew, so that was a lot of different things about trauma, but those are my tips for when you're, when you're, process, when you're actively processing trauma and you're feeling it overload you. Those are my tips. First, therapy. I'm not going to get these in order again. But therapy, give yourself some grace, just like you would at the end of a pregnancy. Like give yourself a little bit more self-care, um, using your body to get back in the present moment, and also actually naming the specific trauma that you're dealing with and setting aside time to connect with it and process it. And then when it comes in times where you're trying to connect with actual humans in your life, you can gently tell it to wait. And oftentimes it does. And sometimes it doesn't, and you have to step aside. <laughs> and feel it but there you, there you go those are my those are my tips for processing trauma and my heart goes out to you and to everybody honestly everybody everybody has some level of trauma so if you're not actively processing right now i'm happy for you but i think there's a lot of people out there who have trauma so my heart goes totally. out to you you're not well, alone I wanted, yeah i wanted to insert i loved what you said i loved all of the things you said and one of the things when you talked about you like helping your body to bring you back to the present moment i actually just recently heard this and i had heard this a couple of different times from people but then recently i heard it from a friend who is doing therapy um and she brought this up and it, it reminded me of this that your body and if you guys have heard this and you remember the exact details let let me know but it takes like if you become flooded so if you if you start to feel those stress stressful emotions. So, you know, all those hormones are happening that are making, you know, your blood pressure rise and you're feeling hot, all those things of like anxious feelings. It takes 90 seconds for your brain or sorry, for your brain and body to like work out those, um, stressful hormones. Cause like naturally your body will kind of like wash them out. Cause you're, you're constantly, your body is like releasing hormones constantly. That's like how your body sends messages. So when you have a stress stimuli, so whether it's like something triggers you, you know, if you're remembering trauma or something like that, though, those feelings, it takes your body 90 seconds to work through it. But what happens sometimes is when we get in an anxious, it's almost like a death spiral where it's like, you keep rethinking about it. You're like reliving it. You're thinking about it. So if you're feeling stressed, it's like your mind almost keeps you in it. So it never gives your body the time to like 
work out of it. So what I liked about this, and this is what my friend was saying that she went to a therapist was that it's like, if you give yourself 90 seconds and what you do during that 90 seconds. So if you're feeling yourself, feeling those feelings, she had, um, just like a being present, uh, what's the word exercise that you can do. And I'm sure there's a few different ways this could look, but it's where you, you know, like you go through, like she, she called it the five, four, three, two, one. So it's like five things that you can see four things that you can hear three things that you can smell. You could also just do like one of each and go, go around. But what it does is it helps ground yourself back into your body, into the present moment. And it gives your mind and body the time to almost work out of the stressful, like those stressful hormones that are pumping so that Mm. you can get out of it. So it's like, instead of keeping yourself reliving it and those hormones, because what happens is your brain almost doesn't realize what's reality. And so by you thinking, oh my gosh, I'm stressed. It's like, you just keep pumping it in instead of letting your mind almost like release all of it. So I love that idea too. It's like when, when you are feeling maybe overloaded, cause maybe your toddler is screaming and it's bringing like, you're feeling stressed in a lot of other ways. I think it's a really good thing to think like, okay, I'm just going to sit here and be present. What do I hear? I hear my toddler screaming. Maybe I hear a car outside. Maybe I like, just think about what's happening in the present moment. And that gives your mind and body the time it needs to like cycle out of those hormones and get into a, a better space. Like you're just being present. Yeah, I love that. And I think you guys hit on all the things I just wanted to share. I heard a a really beautiful interview. I'll try to find the link. I'm not going to promise because I can't remember exactly what podcast it was on, but it was from Catherine May. She is an author, but she was talking about a time in her life where she was in more of a depressive state because of trauma and then trying to process it through like while she was parenting and she's she just encouraged those listening who might be in that stage to basically not try to put on a face and like lie to your kids like everything's hunky-dory and happy like I'm great because they're not dumb they see through us (laughs) and it makes them feel more discombobulated if we're disingenuous in those times so she she's not just like lay on like she was basically just saying I wasn't feel I was feeling a little depressed and I was basically just on the couch for an extended period of time and she said it turned out to be with presence one of the more magical phases of her life with her kids because it was so genuine and they were they were with no she wasn't pulling them into like this traumatic state but it was just that like you know, their relationship felt super genuine and pure and like loving and caring. And she was able to be honest with them about not what had happened because they were so little, but about the emotions in that time. And I just thought that was a beautiful reminder that, um, we don't, we don't have to like fake it till till we make it. Like we can be present and genuine, um, in, in hard times. So I love that, that message. All right, let's move on to our second question. Uh, it's it's more of a exacerbated, uh, what's the right word? Not rant, but just brain dump about <laughs> kids and all the feelings of being a parent. So I love all the details that this listener included. So she says, my kids have been unkind to each other and to me lately and doing a lot of name calling. I'm really struggling with it. It's something that really triggers me. I have a firm no name calling rule in our house. We've been reading, have you filled the bucket today? And that seems to be helping. 
she mentions that they've been doing a couple systems like the China star system and a kindness jar so that we can all work on being um, helping each other. And she says that they, they earn like a family experience if they achieve these things and that she's feeling a little bit desperate because none of it seems to be helping. Then she asked, do you ever just feel so overwhelmed? You kind of check out. It feels like the only time I get to myself is when I wake up early for my miracle mornings. And sometimes that's just not enough. The nicer days outside are helping, but the weather is still hit and miss right now. My kids are also sticking their tongues out and kind of spitting at each other. Um, they realize that they're getting a rise out of me and they're doing it so much. I just can't with all the spitting. I feel like I need to build in some more soul care time so I'm not feeling so burnt out. I might have to look into hiring a sitter once in a while so I so mom can get out without kids. So multi-layered question. I loved all the nuance in this and I just want to say we're here with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, like the cycle of what she's I just want to recognize that as a parent, especially I think if you're the primary caregiver who's at home with kids, that the little cycle she's doing of, you know, we have this behavior and then, okay, I have to hurry, not hurry, but I have to figure out this way to fix these behaviors. And then that doesn't really work. And then these behaviors are coming up again and I need to like carry that way of fixing them. Um, I think that it almost can become like a guilt, shame, like little cycle spiral because the things that we're doing are not working to fix these kids and it's our responsibility to fix them. And then we feel shame and guilt. And then we, that whole cycle, I feel like I've, I've felt and been in with parenting where it's like this job of fixing these behaviors, I'm not doing good at this job. So I just want to say that it's really helpful for me to realize, oh my gosh, these (laughs) humans, they're humans and they're, they're outside of my control. I, I cannot control nor make them do any certain thing. And I, I don't need to carry like the shame of like fixing them or fixing these behaviors. Do I think that there's things we can do to support good behaviors? Yes. But I just want to release her first, just release her from the shame of, I know the shame that you can feel in that cycle where it's like, wait, but I read this book and what it says I'm applying, it's not working or this reward system is not working. Or am I a bad mom? Because my kids like spitting and calling names, like, like remove all that shame, I think is the first step before we can get to any sort of like resolve or solution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause, and I do just want to add, I, I feel like just amen to, I think we have all felt that feeling, like the feeling of like, my kid is doing this behavior that I'm worried about for whatever reasons. How do I fix it? I don't know how to fix it. I'm not really sure. Like, we're all just figuring this out. We are like, we we are figuring this out with our kids. And the interesting thing is I heard somebody say once that it was like, and every kid really is so different. So it's like your next kid at that same time is going to have different stuff. So I just want to do a quick plug into what you said, Felicia, that it's like, man, it is hard. And we feel for you and anybody that's feeling that it is hard. And especially when there is something, I mean, now the weather is 
mm-hmm. in a really good place. But I notice a huge difference when, when we aren't able to get outside. And like, when I'm not able to get outside, it is a huge reflection of like our mental health as like a household. So I, I get that. It is nice that it's better now, but yes, there's, I feel like there's waves in my parenthood. And I do notice that there are harder things when it's like winter time. It's just, it is harder. Like I notice that things are different. So even though I'm glad we're in the summer, I think something that I love when I think about this stuff, um, I can't remember who of our family, Terilyn or Felicia, but somebody talked about how like one of their best parenting advices is just remembering this too shall pass. And sometimes I think about that. Like when you're going through something hard where it's like, I don't know what's happened. Like, I don't know how to fix this. This is really stressing me out. It's a daily thing that I'm dealing with. Um, Just remembering that it will pass. Like it will pass. And sometimes that helps me feel a little bit better. Like it is going to be a phase, hopefully, and we'll figure it out. But like taking off that pressure sometimes almost helps, helps it pass. You know what I mean? Like helping the pressure come off helps it just like work itself out with you and your kids. Yeah. <laughs> like what you're saying when you remove, it's almost like we can be stoking the fire of the behaviors by putting so much of that energy into worrying about the behaviors. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, and she Boy, even oh. said that she even just said that in her thing was the spitting drives me so crazy that they're doing it more, you know, like it, it's creating such a rise in her that she can tell that they're doing it more because it's upsetting her so much. Yeah, You know what I mean? So yeah, I think there's definitely something to that, the whole concept of, and I think it's worth looking I and mean, we've talked about this a lot with parenting triggers, but why do some things cause so much in us? Now the name, it's interesting because for me, she's classifying these behaviors and I'd love to know your guys' opinion on this, but in her classification of behaviors, I would say so much of parenting is deciding what things you're really going to focus on, right? Because if right. we try to manage all of our children's behaviors, first of all, it doesn't work. Second of all, it's exhausting. Third of all, it just is too much for the relationship. Like a rela- no relationship can handle when one person is just always on the other person saying, don't do this, don't do this, don't do that, don't do that. Right. right? Yeah. Um, so it's like this, you know, this account of where you're adding in connection and then you're also setting limits and the limits are the things that you're telling them, this is what we don't do. So I just want to know your opinion. My opinion on those classifications of behaviors is for me, name calling, yeah, hard no go. However, as I say that though, it doesn't mean I have to get upset about it, right? I can just say firmly, I exp- and this is difficult because I'm actually literally, I thought we were out of this phase and guys, we dipped back in, we dipped back into it. And my kids are older now. My 11 year old and my nine-year-old have like dipped back into name calling and it drives me crazy because for me name calling is like a really really I mean it's like so emotionally damaging right because you're taking it from I don't like your behavior to there's something wrong with you name calling is so damaging because you're labeling the person and so you know I've talked in moments of calm I have talked to my children about why we don't name call you know for example I'll say things like especially to my older girls um, cause it's mainly my 11 year old doing it to the, to the younger one. Um, you know, I'll say things like, um, this is why it's really important, especially when you're little that I want you guys to know that you're good inside. It's really important for me for you guys to know that. Cause it's true. You are good inside. And when you guys were little, I would never call you guys a name, right? <laughs> because I want you to know that no matter what, even if you do something that, so say, even if your little brother Parker does something that you think is dumb, 
Okay. The action yourself, you know, like forget that you put something somewhere and then you break it. That's frustrating for sure. But that doesn't mean that he's dumb. You see how there's a difference there between like you did something that was frustrating to like you're stupid, right? Like that's a totally different statement. And I've, you know, talked to my kids about how your brains are really powerful. And when we give them labels, we don't want to be giving our brains labels that aren't going to serve us. So that's why name calling is such an important thing not to do that we want to build each other up and we don't want to start labeling each other because sometimes yeah our actions aren't the best sometimes we do make mistakes but it doesn't but name calling transfers it from now something's wrong with you you're not good inside so and when moments are calm my tip for that is talk about it but then it's challenging because in the moment yeah for me that's probably my biggest like trigger as a parent the thing that frustrates me the most is when I hear name calling in my house. So that's really, really challenging. Cause yeah, I still set a limit. You know, I'll say things like, um, you know, we, we, I will not let you call him names like that. Cause that's really important that he knows that he's good inside. So I'm going to ask you guys to literally step, like I'm going to stand in between you and, and we're going to take a break from talking to each other for just a little bit because we're, we're hurting each other. Right. And then I always say, we can't hurt each other without hurting ourselves. So literally, I mean, it seems like kind of extreme, but I'll be like, I don't want you guys to talk to each other for just a little bit because it's like the equivalent of holding their hand and saying, I won't let you hit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I need you to not speak those words anymore because you're hurting each other. So, and then I, I usually have to like physically actually like to come in between. But what I'm saying is it's really frustrating because I like feel that deep down. Like I'm like feeling this woman right now. Like, yes, I totally feel that in my house right now. However, then when it comes to sticking out your tongue and if it's just spitting like like making the silly sound with your voice, um, with your tongue, honestly, to me, that's just annoying behavior that falls under the same line of like making faces at each other and whatever. And to me, like that's the kind of thing that I'll say to them, like observing, wow, I can tell you're really annoyed at him for sticking his tongue out at you. <laughs> so you're just observing, right? Like you're really you're really frustrated about that. Wow. Um Parker, it looks like you you're really, you know, you're really annoyed Savannah like and Savannah's feeling really annoyed there. Um this is something I totally think you guys can work out. You know what I mean? And just kind of observe. It's more of like a you're observing situation. Um but for me I wouldn't like I wouldn't draw a hard line there because again, like then I'd just be every every time they're annoyed at each other for chewing loud or you know, he's looking at me weird. I don't know. That just sounds exhausting to me. So for me, that would fall under the like, you guys can handle this. But I can see you're really annoyed. What are your options here? And it's cool because sometimes I'll be like, you know, what? I could just look the other direction. It's like, wow, that's brilliant. You can look the other direction when they stick your tongue out at you. Isn't that amazing? You can't even see it, you know? So they can get kind of creative with their problem solving there. But what do you guys think about the different behaviors and what do you do that she mentioned? Yeah, well, I do. Oh, sorry. Oh. You. No, you go ahead. Okay. Well, no, I was just going to say, I do think, yeah, it, I, I mean, I totally hear you on the thing of it's like, where do I draw the line? Cause it is, it's like, you only have so much energy to put into holding a boundary. So I love that, that it's like you defined for you. This is where I draw the line at name calling. Maybe some of these other behaviors, they're annoying. Sure. But maybe I'm not going to put the energy into stopping it. I'm just going to kind of let it work itself out, which I feel like in all, like, you know, like siblings without rivalry, that is like a big thing they talk about that. It's like, sometimes just like them petty fighting that I, I think, and tell me if you guys think this is okay. I, I don't have this as much happening in my home, but like the physical, you know, like 
pushing, pulling. That does happen with my little ones, mostly because Will is, I mean, he can talk, but he only says like words. So he can't really like verbally say anything, but there is like the physical stuff. So I always think like, is someone, is, is there harm being done? So it's like in a physical way, that's easy. It's like easy for me to be like, okay, I'm going to, you know, pull you guys aside. And what you're saying, it's like, is emotional harm being done? So like name calling? Yes. If it's just spitting or like petty fighting about whatever, can I just let them work this out, even though it's annoying? And so like, sometimes for me, that's like a good question for me to define, like, is this them just like working it out? Like, are they just for me, for my kids, it's like, are they just kind of fighting over a toy? Do they need my help? Is someone being harmed or should I just kind of like let them figure it out for a minute? And I do think like we've talked about this before, but I mean, a family is a really great place for kids to figure out these social interactions. So even though it might be hard and annoying for us, and maybe we see it as a really big deal in some cases, like it is kind of good for them to work out some of that stuff. So, um, I love that you like drew the line there. And I think it's like good to remember that and like being able to think, um, okay, like I'm going to physically separate you guys when this makes sense too. Um, cause I think, and in, in siblings without rivalry, I had to do this with my kids, but like she even talks about how, if you feel the need, you can like send them to their rooms, not in like a punishment, but it's like, Hey, we're just going to all take a break. So like you go in your room for a minute, you go in here. So like, if you feel like that is happening, I think that's something to consider. The only other thing I was going to add, um, cause this mom, you know, she is at her wits end with just figuring out like they, she feels like her kids are being unkind to each other, which I get why that's a worry. Cause it's like, I want my kids to be like, they're with each other all the time. I want them to have this good relationship that they're going to be able to keep with them into the future. And if they're being so unkind to each other in our house, like it changes the whole environment of our house. So I totally get the worry here and why, why she's concerned. Absolutely. I think something, these are just some things that have kind of helped in my little, little kid stage. I noticed that like when it feels, cause again, I feel like it goes in phases when it feels like there's a lot of friction between my two kids. I will sometimes try to, and I don't know if this, and you guys maybe can comment and see if you, if you think this is maybe a good thing, but it has worked for me is like, I'll try to create moments where I'm almost like fostering a connection between them. So like, if I notice that they are like having a ton of friction, I'll try to like, I don't usually interfere with their play very much, but sometimes I'll like come up with a game. It's, it's not like I'm putting tons of time into it. It'll maybe be like five to 10 minutes of like, I'm with them, but I'll do a game where they can both play like really fun together. And maybe even sometimes they're like teaming up against me. Like they have to chase me, but they can only get, like, I'll like do something. So it's like, they almost have to work as a team to do it. And usually that actually ends up being really good. Cause then they, they almost like become friends in like whatever it is that's connecting. Cause sometimes at least at the ages that they're at, they're not always playing together in a way that would be uh, connecting. So sometimes for me to just like put in five to 10 minutes of like me playing with them and helping it be like, whether it's like we're running around and like they both have to find me or like if I get them, the other one has like, it's like freeze tag, right? Like if I get them, the other one has to touch them. So it's like, they are on the same team. I'll do things like that, that do seem to help. And I think you could do it in whatever age, like so I try to create connecting moments because I feel like in a family, sometimes there are so many times where like you talked about Terrell the bank account, like there are withdrawals, right? Like you are doing withdrawals out of the emotional bank account, whether it's because you're holding a limit and between siblings, I think that's happening often that sometimes I'm almost try to foster like deposits into it between them. And sometimes that helps. It like almost starts like a positive momentum 
And I think it helps them connect better. So that's just one idea of like thinking of maybe some out of the box ways. It doesn't have to be anything elaborate, but like, and it doesn't even have to take a long time, but I think like putting in five to 10 minutes here and there to almost like start a positive momentum has helped me before. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. I think what you're saying in like makes me think and what Terrilyn's saying is you're not condoning or encouraging the name calling or the spinning spitting, but you're not giving it like you're showing your kids through modeling, which we know is the really only way just to know on like the star systems and all of those things. And you said this in your, your question listener, but it's like, you know, that those are probably not going to work. And they're a little bit exhausting long-term as a parent. And also we, we know that those sort of things take away a child's or any of our intrinsic motivation to want to do a thing. So if Mm -hmm. I'm, if I'm only being nice because I earn stars, I'm not being nice because I know it feels good to be nice. And I know like I'm choosing to be nice. I'm, I'm being nice because I'm going to get a star and then I'm going to go get a go to the trampoline park. So once I don't have the China star system, it's going to be a lot harder for me to be nice on my own. And and you kind of already said that in your question, like these are out of desperation. I just don't know what to do. Um, so my, my note would be, yeah, I think it's just what Kaylin's saying. So what Terrell's saying is how can we take the energy away from that behavior? And then how can we model or encourage or show what is, what we think will help their relationship um, or foster like a positive connection. And that can look like, you know, sometimes when my kids are speaking, I would say my, my boys have more of a problem with the tone. They do call names and stuff, but, but a little reminder I like to say to them is, I think I've said this already on the podcast, but you, you like attract more good with honey than with vinegar, like with being sweet, like just showing them, or if they'll say something to me in like a really like off putting tone, just as an adult modeling, like, Oh, I don't, I don't help people when they talk to me like that. Like, and that is, that is real life. Like if you walk around life being a big jerk head to everyone and calling names, probably (laughs) not going to get what you want most of the time. And I think those like, that's okay that I like to use that way of modeling of, Ooh, it sounds like you really want that. You're using a a pretty crusty voice with me. I I don't feel like helping someone who's asking me like that. I think like modeling that behavior has helped, has helped my kids see, like I'll see them then in a moment they'll ask in like a certain way. That's like a little more off putting. And then I'll see them like change their tone, not all the time, but just like modeling that behavior shift um, can be, I think, a really helpful way to model that. And then also with your, um, your, what you're saying about needing your own personal time, I think is a huge key to what Terrilyn's saying, where you, you can build up like the patient skin and the fortitude to be able to let those situations roll off your, off your shoulder. Cause if you haven't had your time and you're, you're really, you know, tired and patient, hungry, all those things, 
or your kids are those things and there's really an underlying emotion that you or they need to release, then I don't care your elaborate system. Like if those emotions are stuck under there, it's like a volcano. It's going to keep trying to erupt with the bad behavior, with the name calling, with the spitting, whatever it is, with crying. And sometimes I see a lot of the times for my kids, there's an underlying like reoccurring. Maybe they're feeling left out in a situation. Maybe they're feeling like their brother or sister isn't respecting their space. Maybe they're feeling overwhelmed by a situation at school. And there is like a root cause underneath, like a root emotion that needs to come out underneath the behavior. I don't know. Do you guys see that with your kids that like they get in these cycles of say it's a name calling and it's like they're trying to let out a bigger emotion? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. And helping them identify that. What is it? But the hard thing is brain the moment. I've never, it usually doesn't work in the moment. It has to be like to the side after. I noticed you were really feeling a lot of something. It looked like anger. Is that what you were feeling? Or was it something else? You know, like from a curious space, I think is really helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think those would be my tips. Modeling, remembering that like a, a chart or a system isn't going to create intrinsic motivation for the behavior to change and is there maybe something underlying that they need to release that yes like Terrell's saying you could have a separate one-on-one conversation that might you know sometimes with my kids it's been like well like you know say they're calling names to a younger sibling it's like there's they always need your help and you're with them a lot more and I don't I don't really get to be with you. So they're feeling like a frustration at them or something like that, that needs to come out. And it is hard for kids to express that. But I just think the more conversations we have where we're allowing them, we're saying, I see you. I've felt that I've felt like I need to just yell at someone because of something I'm holding inside. And that's okay. Like that's a valid human emotion. Like how can we allow, allow them to see that we see the humanness in them. I think a lot of the times we have this expectation of almost like a perfection with our kids when it comes to name calling, hitting all those things. And it's, it helps me to remember like, that's the tool they have. They don't really know how to be like passive aggressive or like ignore someone or whatever, like adults, we might have more subtle ways of putting off our emotions that we're holding in, but kids kind of have like punching and name calling. That's kind of like their tool that they have to express to us. So I think just being more empathetic and, and trying to get to the root of it, even though it a lot of times takes longer and more energy, I think in the long run, it creates a relationship of, of like connection and respect within our families that's super important for in like the long term Mm, I agree yeah um and I think one one other thing that I want to add now and yeah this this like if it's if again if it's like a hard fast like someone's being hurt emotionally or physically again like I think you know you got to draw a line and and set boundaries for them to keep them safe right like that's the point of it but I do think um 
you know, like what we talked about before, like not fueling the fire of maybe things that feel like whether, and, and again, I don't totally know every, everything else and what the spinning looks like, like some of those things I'm not totally sure, but I do think something that also does help me. Cause I liked what you said about like taking some time. Cause it's good to have that morning time. But also I realized you need to have a break during the day too. At least I do like you got to mm-hmm. have a break at some point during the day. And I'm, it doesn't have to be long. Like I do have little kids, so it's not like, but even just sometime, cause it's like, if you've had now 11 straight hours of dealing with stuff, like no wonder you're kind of losing your mind. So like take some time, give yourself some time, even if it's 15 minutes, like set a timer and, and in good inside um, the book, she does talk about like that self-care is what helps you be the best that you can be. So I, I really do agree with that. And I think I mentioned this but a few months ago, I did feel like I was, I was felt like I was not, my patient skin was really running thin. I feel like I was becoming uh, ruffled easily, more easily. And I feel like I was losing my cool a lot more easily. And that was hard for me. Cause I was like, man, like what is going on? But then I realized after talking to you guys that I was like, yeah, I, I like need to actually take time instead of when Emmett is playing by himself and Will's down for a nap of me, just like trying to get other stuff done that I need to get done. Like literally take 15 minutes to like if it is resting for a second, just like sitting there and breathing, or if it's reading a book, like something that is just going to like give you some calm. I think that that's important. Cause I realized I wasn't really doing that. Like in the time that I had to myself, I like, wasn't really taking time to refuel. So once I kind of changed that mindset of like, okay, no, I'm like, I'm going to do something for me during this time. I think that really helped me. So I do agree with that. The other thing I was going to say is I heard a long time ago that laughter is, um, what do they call it? A pressure valve. Like it. So, and I love that because I think sometimes I'm the type of person that sometimes I take myself too seriously, but I think about that with kids stuff. Sometimes it's so easy to get so myopic, like nearsighted that it's like, we are in the moment so much and it feels like such a big deal. Um, cause it, sometimes it is, but sometimes it's like, if I can laugh about something like that, my kid is doing. So like, say if they are, maybe doing something that's like kind of annoying and say it's not really hurting the other kid. It's just like, they're maybe being annoying to each other. Like if you can laugh it off and take the pressure off of it again, I think that helps the kid almost realize like, okay, mom is not bothered by this. And again, it like takes that maybe like impulsive need. They don't really want to do it, but like that impulsive need of like almost pushing against the boundary. Like I know mom's going to maybe flip if I do this, like what happens when I do this? I almost feel like laughing sometimes helps me. Like it helps me take myself out of the seriousness of the moment or it's like, this is okay. And again, I'm not talking about like when it is the name calling or someone's getting hurt for sure. You got to draw a line, but sometimes almost realizing where it's like, I'm just going to laugh about this because this is kind of ridiculous. I almost feel like that takes the pressure off of you and off of your kids. It's like, Oh wait, we're all just humans, like having this ridiculous experience. And like, this is weird. Like, why are they spitting at each other? This is hilarious. Like why, like who, like yeah. I am living this life with these children that are spitting at each other. Like what's going on? I don't know. Sometimes that like helps me to almost not take it so seriously. And I think that takes pressure off. So that's my other thought is just maybe thinking, can I laugh this off? Because this is kind of ridiculous. Like I could be in a TV show right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And also like to that exact point is, you know, I always say like, how were our, you know, grandparents parenting? And even I look at my childhood and like, I was so mean to my brother. Whoa. I was so mean to him. Like things that if I saw my kids do right now, I would be appalled. I would be like, my child is going to be a sociopathic, like 
crazy <laughs> mean like person who's gonna have no normal social interactions and like I think I'm pretty nice now <laughs> so it's like it's gonna be fine and I do think that we live in a time of parenting where we analyze stuff way more and yeah. like sibling relationships are the testing ground for learning how to be a functioning adult and so I would say to the point of the laughing like let let a lot more of this roll roll off and and it will be it will turn out okay it will pass all the things yes this too shall pass yes absolutely yes well thank you for joining us for the listener questions again we love them if you have more you can email them to us message us on instagram or leave them in a review it's our favorite way because it helps us and we can help you all right let's find the magic <clears throat> me, 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 me. <laughs> <laughs> <And> brown cows. <laughs>